Welcome back, everybody, to your most favorite podcast ever, Down for the Count. As always, I am Alexis, and with me tonight are my girls, Nicole, Janae, and Tiffany. Everyone say hi. Hi. Adieu. Hola. <laughs> over it. Bonjour. I'm already. I'm over you. Nicole <laughs> <laughs> with me. Pickles. <laughs> I ain't even do nothing. And we have a little special guest star at for a little while. We got my munchkin here with me. She had a nightmare, so she wants to just kind of chill out for a little bit. So best behavior, at least for a little bit. Uh, so let's just jump right in. We got a couple recaps to do, and then we're going to head on to the news. Uh, let's start with, uh, well, let's see. Let's start with AEW Revolution. Um, oh. Let's just talk about what everyone's been talking about here. Um, we know we're kind of late on it. Our last podcast was during the whole uh, thing going on with that. We stopped recording before the big announcement and, of course, that disaster at the end. So uh, as for the big reveal, we've all heard it by now. It's Christian Cage. Good, good for him. Good for him. <laughs> uh, anybody have anything else to say about Christian Cage? You know, I was going to say Christian is a Hall of Fame worthy, first of all. A lot of people saying that he isn't. That's absolutely not true. He is Hall of Fame worthy. Give that man his props. Maybe a boring pick, but he's still Hall of Fame worthy. Janae, Nicole, anything um, about him? No, I'm happy for him. Um, that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm not going to knock him because <clears throat> he acknowledges and knows that this is his last run and he just wants to do as much as possible. And I'm not going to fault someone for that. If we're going to give, um, sorry, I burped. Um, if we're going to give Edge the same space to do that, then we need to afford that same courtesy for, um, Christian regardless of where he's at because we do not believe in double standards over here Mm-mm. um and to honestly and this is going to sound really messed up what i'm about to say um christian has and probably will always play second fiddle to edge mm. and i mean this isn't no shade to him this is just like yeah. how is this has always been yes so I feel like he also do, did that because he knew, he kind of knew like this is the right time to make it come back because he's not going to have to be on the road and he could, you know, take care of his body while having a good last run. WWE, and WWE honestly isn't really going to do much with him right now with what they're doing with Edge. So, in my opinion, I mean, he was probably like, you know what? I kind of want to just do this now. And I'm going to go here and, you know, get my flowers, finish out as strong as I can, and actually really be able to shine. So, I mean, ain't no shame in this game. I agree. Yeah. Okay. Um, so let's go to 
Oh boy, here we go. So the second big thing hyped about this pay-per-view was the exploding barbed wire death match between Moxley and Omega. <laughs> um, if you listen to some, uh, I don't know if we were recording, but by the time it got to that, uh, we were kind of catching clips of it. And it, it wasn't a pretty match. I mean, you weren't expecting much from a match that has barbed wire and explosions. But then it comes to the end. Um, Omega retained, thanks to help from the Good Bros. And the countdown starts. So Eddie Kingston, and I, uh, I guess the tradition is that you have to get everybody out of the ring before hitting. And uh, so Eddie Kingston comes running down, and he is trying to get Mox out of the ring. Mox is like Mox is completely out of it at this point. So he's trying to get Mox to safety, and the countdown starts. And it gets closer to one. So Kingston pretty much throws himself over Moxley like he's about to sacrifice himself for his friend. And uh, pretty much you are expecting explosions and something really cool. Um, Tiff posted a couple of clips, I think, (laughs) on both Down for the Count and her personal Instagram about different examples of how these explosions are supposed to look. And all this looked like, pretty much to me at least, it looked like some backyard wrestling promotion pyro. It, it was pretty much entrance pyro. Uh, it was just fireworks. There was no mm-hmm. explosion. There was no fire. There was nothing really crazy about it. And clips started leaking out about the crowd reaction because you know of course wrestling companies like to dub over crowd reactions when they don't exactly get along with what they want to do and the clip is afterwards people are booing the shit out of this thing and i just remember that one clip tiff posted of that little kid going was that it (laughs) like are you laughing about that do you think that's funny it is funny no mommy told you about that match that's supposed to have the really big explosion yeah I went (laughs) (laughs) yeah so the little kid was just that little kid was just like that was it yeah so um, a lot of people got mad and of course Janae our go to news girl uh, said that of course, everybody and themselves kept coming out with stories that this person's to blame, this person's to blame, this person's to blame. Um, we were laughing our asses off at this point because we we're just like all this hype, everything for it, and this is what you deliver. And uh, people weren't being so kind to AEW, including AEW stance. That's awful. It, it was pitiful honestly um and this is coming from someone who likes death matches the um japanese ones sometimes some of them this is coming for me even some of them are too much for me it's a little too much so i'm expecting so me who's someone who's seeing that i'm like really expecting something 
And then this happens and you're just like, what is this? Like, what did, like, literally, what did I watch? And it was just like such a disappointment. And instead of like, kind of just like owning it, I felt like they just kind of just like made excuses. Like Cody has better fireworks and pyro for his single entrance. That. Mm-hmm. Then this, what, whatever the heck they were doing, whatever the heck they call themselves doing for this. And so, and like I said, like no one could talk about what, I mean, this happens often for WWE, but what match was it? And it was like really bad. That eye for an eye match. Yeah. yeah. It was an eye for eye match. And yeah, the, the eye for eye match. That was the last one. Like people are like, oh my gosh, really? And they kind of were like, kind of laughed about it, kind of owned up, to, like kind of owned it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they just like made fun of themselves for it. And they did. They- and so that's what I felt like W, not WWE. That's what I felt like um, AEW should have done instead of just like Going shifting down. the blame and not taking ownership. I was like, just take ownership and be like, you know what? This didn't turn out how we want it to. We're sorry that the fans are disappointed. If we do something like this, again, we'll make sure that it gets executed way better. Like that's literally all they had to do. But or they like, could have did Janae's idea, which was to spin it. I mean, they had plenty of time. The timer was counting down. Once the that second puff cloud went up, clearly nothing else was gonna happen. They should have came out there and started laughing. And I was like, Janae, that's perfect because that'd be an easy spin. The reports will still come out that something was wrong, right? But it would have been played off correctly. They waited until Wednesday to do this, which by then, all of us who were informed were well aware of what happened. All of the news reports had reported it. It was too late. So it just Mm -hmm. looked shitty. And then on Dynamite, Eddie and Mox did really good of you know, kind of rectifying a little bit. And then Kenny and Don yes. Callis like messed it back up. I'm like, That's why? where the problem came in. Because they Mox did. and Eddie just kind of, they were just like, you know what? He was like, look, the match didn't go how we wanted it to go. And he was like, you oversold it, Eddie. They really did a good job of doing what Nicole said they should have did. They should have went with that. Nixed that whole Kenny Omega segment with Eddie Kingston and Moxley just had Kenny come out there brag about winning. You know what I'm saying? He didn't even have to mention the death match and all that shit. He didn't have to mention that. Just brag about winning and being the champ. Christian was going to come out there anyway. All they had to do was have Mox and Eddie Kingston come out there and attack them and move forward. It didn't even have to do all of that. Like that, the segment on Dynamite for Omega, Christian, Mox, Kingston, and the Good Brothers, and Don Callis was way too fucking long and it took so long because Don was talking explaining the grandeur of this elaborate scheme that he and Kenny Omega masterminded and it just it it just didn't fit 
with the narrative that was already given just 30 minutes ago with Moxing and Kingston. We were all sitting there listening like, okay, they like, you know what? We fucked up, but we gonna move on. Cool, got it. No, Omega and them come out there still stuck in the 80s. Talking about some, yeah, well, you know, we, we, we swerved you so good. It was no, our master didn't. plan from the beginning. We didn't yeah, even didn't. know what was happening. We just were so much smarter than you. And you're just an idiot. You just believe that we were going to kill your precious Moxley. And then you laid there thinking that you were going to die. And there was nothing. Nothing happened. It was just like, son. <laughs> like, you're, like already, okay. you're already ruining the effect of already, already segment that went sideways. I and uh, Christian coming out weird. And Christian came out and didn't say a word. And that's what really <laughs> threw it off. First of all, Moxley and Kingston had cleared out the ring. Don Callis was still there, but the Good Brothers was gone because they was fighting with Christian and Mox. You got Christian Cage coming out and he never says a word, which really irks me. But he didn't say anything. He got in the ring and he just stared down Omega. And I was just like, what is this? What 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 is happening? Omega tried to shake his hand, you know, be like, welcome to the to the to the to the playground and shit. And Christian just looked at it, shook it off. And of course he did whatever he does, attempted to walk away and tried to hit him. And he almost got, you know, hit Christian. Christian tried to hit his move, but Callis saved him. And that was it. Christian picked Very up the belt. People can do the character of just like, you know, just like not saying anything and being like intimidating and it making sense. That doesn't make sense for Christian Cage. Literally makes zero sense for him. I always thought his biggest attribute was the fact that he spoke. Exactly. So that didn't move me. If he came out there and started talking mess, I'm like, yes, here for it. He didn't say a word. Oh. And I was just like, bam. <laughs> this ain't well, it. This is why I'm changing the channel. Yeah. <laughs> Overall, I have to say my favorite match for AEW Revolution most definitely was Hangman Adam Page and Matt Hardy's match. To me, that was the cleanest match in, of the show. It was the funnest match of the show. It had the best stipulation in the show. And page one. And I, I love that. She does match with Rio. Stipulation is hilarious. Yeah. It's funny. And then Dark Order came out there and they dapped it up and they hugged it out. And I just thought that was just a really, it just was a good piece of the show. I liked um, the women's um, championship match with Rio and um, Sheeta. I thought that He's match. Fire. It was dope. It was such a back and forth. You didn't know who was going to win. And I love matches like that. When a match mm-hmm. is just bouncing back and forth and you don't have any idea of who's going to pick up the win. And it was down to the millisecond with those two. And I was just like, this, this is why, this is why your women should be leading your shows. Okay. This kind of shit right here. But I will give the match of the night was Miro's match. 
with Chuck Taylor, Kip Sabian, and um, Orange Before we we get into that, I will have to take back something. If Rio is coming back to AEW, the Rio that I saw at Revolution needs to be the Rio we see all the time. Well, those are two different girls. (laughs) But like... No, I'm just saying, it's like, she did great. And I'm like, okay, why didn't you do this when you were here in the first place? Because they're not like, the same people. They're not the same ones. They're the two they're different girls. They just have the no. same name. Yeah. I uh, thought they said their names differently, but they don't. Edith yeah, has her out. I sound like that. an idiot then. Well, one is Rio is with is R I H O. The other one is R Y O. Right. And the one we saw. need to fix that. Yeah, because their names are the same. And there, you say them the same. You pronounce it the same. I mm-hmm. thought you pronounced it Rio, but you don't. You pronounce it Rio. Those are two different girls. And the reason she, the Rio we saw, hell no. You're not gonna get a match like that from her. I'm sorry. No. Somebody might come at my neck for that. I don't give a shit. But she was the inaugural AEW Women's Champion, and I'm sorry she shouldn't have been. Yeah, edit that part out because I I got confused. Sorry. Don't worry about it. Um. I've, I've been saying this for, I think I was talking to Terry about this. I said the first women's champion should have been Nyla. Should have been Nyla. Mm-hmm. And then after that, it should be, it should have been Brit. And then they should have been moving over slash it should be on towards Big Swole. If they, you know, made sense, but they don't. Shout out to Terry. <laughs> Oh yeah, um, we did a podcast with Terry. Um, go on, we love wrestling on Twitter. Jesus, I'm so horrible at this. Um, yeah, it's on. Go on, we love wrestling's Twitter's. The links are in the bio, but <clears throat> you go to We Love Wrestling podcast. It's on where you can literally find all of our podcasts as well. Apple, um, Apple, Spotify. Google okay. Podcasts, all mm-hmm. of that. I'm not doing this again. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, getting back to originally saying that Kip, uh, that was, I wasn't watching Revolution, but I saw clips because they posted, <coughs> excuse me, um, stuff's been posted online. That Chuck Taylor, Orange Cassidy versus Kip Sabian and, and Miro, that had to be, and this is no shame, to Kip or uh, Orange or any or uh, Chuck Taylor, Miro sucks, man. Yeah. His wife is having better matches than him. That's facts. And most well, of the time, it work. Yeah. And you know, half the time it's written that she wins these matches by like dumb luck, but when she's getting, but when she actually wrestles, she's improving. But she it's tried. like. It's like, what are you doing? You're, it's like your wife's, your wife's going to be champ before you are, dude. And the thing is, he, he's not a bad wrestler. So I'm not understanding. He was cleaner in WWE. He was more efficient. It was believable. In AEW, he is sloppy and lazy. And I don't understand. Is it because there's less expectation and higher hopes for you in AEW and there was more expectation and less hopes in WWE 
Or are you just a sloppy ass wrestler who needs somebody's foot on their neck all the time? It's, I think, honestly, is because in uh, WWE, if you started to show that he was laxing, someone was going to tell him something, whether it would have been Vince McMahon, whether it would have been probably another wrestler or someone in the back. I think with AEW, they are just too lax and they're just letting people do as they want. Somebody's well, just so well, someone wanted to get on their neck about it because it's just like you need to be able to tell someone, hey, look, you're not wrestling at the caliber I think you could be wrestling at, or I know you should be wrestling at. You seem to be a little lazy, like lazy and relaxed with what you're doing. That's what they they need someone back there to do that, or they need to go to Tony Khan and be like, you need to start to get on these wrestlers. That's why <laughs> when you compare him to WWE, he was a lot better because I guarantee you. The minute you see something like that, they're going to try to fix it. Well, what was that one thing? Because what's his, um, the submission he does? It's like, a, it's basically the camel clutch when he sits on the dude. The and he, yeah, it's, it's pretty much a camel clutch. Yeah, um, it's, a camel clutch. it's a modified camel clutch. Okay. What was that one time? Because I never saw him do this in WWE. And if he did, I'm sorry, but I just remember this. He's doing his move where his move is he locks his, his hands around his opponent's face and he pulls up. So you have to feel that someone's face is against your arms. Yeah. And this was on this was on Botchamania. He did it and he had his arms up, but his opponent's face was still down on the mat. I'm sorry, what? Oh, I know what you're talking about. I know exactly so, what you're okay. talking about. I go watch Botchamania because they have that. Um, shout out to Botchamania, Matthew. I would love to have you on the show one day. Please, 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 please. <laughs> oh, wow. So I'm a fangirl. Um, he was sitting, he was doing the accolade. And when he went to bring his arms up, you know, where he brings it up under, like under the guy's chin, I believe, because, you know, you're trying to cut off the air supply. He does okay. it. In- his opponent's head. Oh yeah, slipped. I found a ground still. It like it was it slipped or something, and it was still on the mat. And he's sitting there with his arms crossed, like he's the dude's heads in his arms, and he's trying to sell this shit. And the camera dudes, I don't know if they're going on strike or if they're not getting paid enough, but the camera pretty much zoomed in right on this dude's like the dude laying on the mat still. And Miro's trying to whatever he does. <laughs> That's funny. And I'm just like, I don't know, the sex might be bouncing. Ooh. So I mean, I mean, I don't know. I saw I saw that. I started laughing. I'm like, you cannot be, oh my God. But like that I just I agree. But I agree. Like Lana's having better matches than him in WWE and like from what I talked to people who like my friends who watched the show they said that was like the one match that kind of brought everything down and kind of slowed everything down for them what was the whole thing with his stomach I don't know but I know that what really irked me a lot about that match was they had a spot in the beginning where Chuck head went through the glass on this door in the back. His head and his arm went through the door. His arm was bleeding. His face was bleeding. 
and he came out there and they were still beating him up. So that part I understood, right? Mm-hmm. They were out there wrestling and there was no doctors. There was no referees. The ref had on the gloves for the match. They rang the bell. As far as I saw, they didn't ask Chuck if he was ready to continue. They started the match as soon as Miro threw him in there. Orange Cassidy. It was was like, they was just kind of like, okay, nigga, just go back out there. Pretty much. (laughs) Orange was not out there. Orange had got beat up and tossed onto one of those roadie um, parts. So he was out. And for the better part of that match, the beginning actually, Chuck was getting beat down and it was blood everywhere. There was blood dripping all over the mat. Miro had blood swipes all over him. He was like, you know how sometimes when they wipe it on them, I hate when they do that. That's so gross. And it, it just baffled me that there was nobody on the side of the ring, like, you know, crouching down, trying to tend to Chuck to see if he was okay. That baffled me. I didn't see anybody. They finished the match. Miro wins it. It was a sloppy win. It was a sloppy finish. They I, I thought back. I thought Orange and, and Chuck Taylor won. No. Oh, never mind. No, they didn't. Um, no, Miro so won what, that match. After so Penelope was, got hit on the apron and Kip was tending to her, Miro won the match. So, um, what was the match? Because we talked about this a little bit while I'm not sure if we were recording. There was a match y'all were watching and we didn't know if it was a special stipulation match or not, where they were going outside the ring, but the ref wasn't counting them out. That like was Hangman Adam Page's match. Okay. <clears throat> that was Hangman's match. So for the first part of that match, when he, when they were fighting, and just to be clear, the refs can give you some leeway, okay? 90% of the time when you have the match, and then it's exploding on the outside and they're doing a stunt, the rest will give you some leeway, right? Mm-hmm. But yeah. they do count. They do, they do count. They might slow down the count. The wrestlers also hear it and will go in and break it up. But in this case, the initial stunt that they did, which was Hangman running off of the steps, um, there was the handles with the steps. He ran off of that and jumped on that. He went in the ring. And they, you know, started to count over the ref. He, well, he never really counted when they were out there. So they left the ring initially to do the stunt and got back in. There was no counting. When he went out for a second time after they, he was getting ready to pin that, Matt rolled out of the ring. They got out the ring the first time. Matt was out there at least five seconds by himself. The ref did not count. He was just telling them, get back in the ring. Hangman went out there to get him. There was no counting. For the better part of that match, that referee never counted. He, there was at least three or four times that they could have been counted out in that match. For sure. And I was just like, are we not counting? Are we, are we changing the rules here? Like, what is, what is going on? They, they didn't count. Not at all. Right. Well, revolution's gone. Uh, so the paper, So the next night, well, not the next night, Wednesday on Dynamite, uh, we already talked about Don Kylis and Kenny Omega coming out there, making a, a 
my kiddos in her room now. I can cuss now. Uh, a fucking 69 joke. <clears throat> like, okay, you're, <laughs> you're real cool. Ooh, a 69 joke. Haven't heard one of those since college. Um, I, 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 I'm sorry. I was happy when I saw Eddie Kingston beating the shit out of him. I was like, thank you, Eddie. Thank you. Um, so before we talk about uh, Dynamite, there's one thing I want to say. Uh, why are you doing our boy Scorpio Sky so fucking dirty? So Scorpio Sky won the Brass Wings match, the ladder match, which next time, I don't know, just find a different concept because I hated the ring. It just looked cheap. Everybody thought it was a Sonic ring. My husband was asking me why they had this big ass Sonic ring in the middle of the ring. And I was just like, I don't know. I don't, I don't fucking know. My dad texted me and he goes, why is this dude holding up a hemorrhoid pillow in the middle of the ring? <laughs> yeah, everybody was very confused by that. And I understand it was a, it was a play to Vince McMahon's grasping the brass ring, but it's just like, at some point, you, you gotta grow up. Like, just for me, just, just, just grow up. Okay. Cause it just looks bad. It doesn't look funny. It doesn't look like we're sticking it to the man. It looks like you're an idiot. Mm -hmm. And you're making your wrestlers look like idiots. Scorpio won the match. And then Scorpio had a match with Darby Allen Wednesday, which to its credit, it was a good match. But Scorpio lost. And Scorpio's heel turn came via this loss. I I was... I don't know. I kind of felt like Scorpio was going to win. I don't know why, but I really thought that he was going to win. But he ends up losing, and then he beat up Darby Allen for his troubles. <laughs> it was a good heel turn. I'll give it that. But I wanted Scorpio to win that match. I did. I felt like he had earned that spot. Like Darby Allen hadn't, hadn't had an opportunity to do anything with the title. He's been tied up with Team Taz for months. And I'm just like, I think it's okay for Darby to drop the title. I didn't see anything wrong with that. But they chose to keep going, so. Well, there was one good thing that happened on Dynamite. Um, so pretty much Sammy Guevara came back after we were like, he's going to do a face turn. He goes back to the inner circle mm-hmm. with proof that MJF that we all knew he was trying to overthrow Jericho and it looked like you know they were about to do it but they're like surprise motherfucker and um so uh they were gonna it looked like they were gonna beat up MJF but flights went out or MJF says something he's like I like basically like basically he went along the lines of you think you're screwing me I'm about to screw you and uh lights went out and uh, FTR, Sean Spears, yeah, FTR and Sean Spears was there. Wardlow was already with them. And they're in the ring, and uh, this new faction starts beating the shit out of the inner circle. And I, for one, was all for it. Um, Jericho got busted open. He got powerbombed through a fucking table. And Honestly, it was just, it was great seeing that because like 
separately. They've always kind of got their comeuppance, but like you never, first of all, when's the last time you've seen a heel faction versus a heel faction? <clears throat> True that. Because there's no way that you're going to turn the best heel you have in your company into a baby face. There's no reason for that. <clears throat> no. Uh, so, you know, and so I'm, I'm excited. And then it's like, now, you know, they have like inner circle has this group that now is going to basically, they're like, Hey, you know, all the crap you've been pulling on people for like the last year and a half, we're about to do the same thing to you and make us your bitches. And I love this way that MJF's character was because he didn't get involved with the beating. He was kind of sitting up on the ring rope and just kind of like checking out everything, watching all the chaos go down. And Wardlow looked strong as hell. And I, he was the one who was kind of doing the beat down. I'm like, oh, they're finally going to push Wardlow. Awesome. And it was just like them standing over Jericho. He got powerbombed through a table. I'm excited for this. I'm very excited for this. And then someone was like, well, you realize, you don't think about it, but you realize uh, FTR and Sean Spears had issues with the inner circle before. Mm. So I'm like, oh, I fucking forgot about that. So I'm actually really psyched for the new faction. Hopefully they do it right. But like, what do you guys think of the new, of this like new heel faction in, uh, in AEW? I was glad Jericho went through a table and I got to see it. <laughs> I really am. Yeah. I was like, good for you. No crab, no shell crabs just went through the table. Oh, it was, it was very, very satisfying. So I was, I was happy for that. And I mean, MJF's a good heel. I don't expect, I didn't expect him to continue to waste him like that. So him being a part of a new fashion didn't surprise me. Um, him having to ace the whole like FTR and then adding Sean Spears, like that surprised me because nobody's seen Sean Spears in a while. And I was like, ew, you have blonde hair. He's been sequestered over the dark and he's been doing nothing but like basically doing where he daughters. should be, if you ask me. I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry, but when he put Sammy Guevara's head through that chair, I couldn't stop laughing. Well, anytime you I'm I'm sorry, but Sean Spears ain't I don't know. Like I used to think that maybe he had potential, right? Mm-hmm. but the more that I saw him wrestle he just didn't do anything for me and it was just like yeah he's a he's a good wrestler but what does that mean not everybody that's a good wrestler should be on television wrestling does that make sense no that makes perfect sense but I'm just saying on a personal aspect after all the shit that we've heard about Sammy Guevara just seeing his head go through a chair made me very happy there's a book like Sammy Guevara's a little piss at. I'm I'm to me, I can live without Sammy Guevara. R- real talk. It it doesn't he doesn't register with me on that level. I understand what you're saying, but I just uh, he don't register enough with me. It I just feel like if you're going this kind of a faction works with FTR and Wardlow, but to me, Sean Spears is a non-factor. He just I don't I, 
Well, if you go back, if you go to our Instagram, there is a picture taken right when COVID first hit. You asshole cat, did you really break this glass? Fuck you. (laughs) There was a a picture taken when COVID started and it was just the AEW wrestlers. There was no fans. And it was a picture, I'm looking at it right now. It's a picture of Sean Spears, Telly Blanchard, excuse me, Telly Blanchard, Wardlow and MJF standing next to each other. Because there was for a while, they were kind of doing this thing where MJF and Sean Spears were sitting on the sides being assholes to everybody who came out to wrestle. And then for some reason, they stopped doing it. I'm like, why did you stop doing this? This was fucking funny. I don't know. I'm just hyped because we haven't seen a good heel versus heel stable fight in a really long time. So I want to see where this goes. And if that means just seeing Jericho getting power bombed through more tables, I'm all here for it. As long as Jericho stopped walking around with that bitch back, I don't care. Oh, they took it. He's a, that's what busted him open. No, no, like, that Jer- bat don't don't do nothing. I, that bat, it it looked like a little kid's bat. You know how you go to the, <laughs> you go buy a bat, you buy you buy your kids the standard little leagues bat, and that's just what it looks like. I don't, I didn't understand why he. <sighs> I'm glad you went through the tables. I'm just glad you went through the tables. <laughs> you deserved it. I hope you go through some more. Now, Tony Khan and all of them are already acting like, oh, we're so great with blah, blah, blah. Reality check, folks. The NHL signed a deal with Universal where now NHL games will be shown on Wednesday nights on USA. As a hockey fan, I'm very excited about this. But it will be back on Tuesday. We've talked about this, and we don't really have to hark on it, but them, uh, AEW will be the only wrestling on primetime TV on Wednesday night. And with them talking so much shit, do you think that they'll be able to back their shit up? Because now NXT won't be there. So now they're on their own. And we all know. Oh, no, they'll just blame South Park again. (laughs) They legit blame South Park. Are you fucking kidding me? Yes. South Park had a vaccine special. They said that's why numbers were down. It could, and then it what Nicole said is true. She said that they that should have been probably one of their biggest shows because it was after a pay per view, and she's right. So I'm especially with um, especially coming right off the heels of a pay per view. Yeah, and with Christian making his debut, and then you've got Omega supposed to be there. You had um. The closeout with the inner circle and everybody who is like an AW stand is like riding a inner circle's dick forever, forever and ever. So it baffled me that they didn't pull out better numbers throughout the show. They had higher numbers when Shaq was there. And then 300 people left. Well, go ahead and know. Blame She's like the numbers girl. She's got it all, babe. <laughs> she got it all. I was like, damn, 300? 300,000 people left? What the fuck? Yeah, so average, overall, they did 934,000 viewers. Um, when Shaq and them were on, they had, for that segment, they had 
1.1 million people tuning in to watch. And then, excuse me, and then right after that, that segment was over, 300,000 people turned off AEW. Yeah. Um, and then as you continue with the segments and you got like the, uh, the total viewership uh, the next day, they were at like 933 uh, or 30 or something like that, which that's, that's fine, whatever. But then you have your pay-per-view on Sunday. Some of the matches should have been on Dynamite. They should have not have been on the pay-per-view. Um, I will say this and I will say it until I'm blue in the face. Um, for me, reading an interview where Moxley was talking about how extreme matches are watered down and then I get that kind of a match with that kind of a dud, there was no reason for him to be talking. That was a very watered down extreme death match. Um, then you have Tony, Tony Khan talking about, well, we can't actually like blow people up. What did you guys expect? And it's just like, then you don't book the match. You don't book a match that you can't deliver on. Um, and then when we get to this week's Dynamite, um, they dropped all the way down to 730 or 740,000 views. So they literally lost a little bit under 200,000 views coming off a pay-per-view and a, a previous Dynamite that literally had 900,000, 900 and something thousand views. Well, good luck, guys. You're going to fucking um, need it. So, like, <laughs> I will say, I do think that with them running unopposed, I do think that they will have an, a more, like, 900-something thousand, maybe even hit a million. I don't think they're going to get the full people that usually average about 1.5 million people together watch Dynamite NXT. I don't think they're going to get all of that. But I do, I don't, I do think they'll be, they'll be fine. I don't know if they're gonna, they're not gonna blow people out the water. Put it that way. No. People are, people are going, or for some reason, are assuming that now that they're running unopposed, they're gonna get, you know, close to raw numbers because raw averages about one point eight. They're thinking, oh, they're gonna get the whole one point five million. Is there? They're just, they're just gonna blow. Every, I, they're, I don't think they're gonna be able to do that. If you just look at how they fluctuate with their views on a weekly basis, I don't think that's going to happen. No, and honestly, if it comes to the NHL or AEW, I'm watching NHL. I miss my hockey. But I believe NXT, (laughs) they're not moving until April. The rumor is April 12th or 14th. I thought it was this month. No, it's in April, I believe. Yeah, they never never formally announced it yet. They haven't announced it. Okay, so my bad. Uh, anybody got anything else to say about AEW before we move on to Impact? Nope. No. Okay. So Impact had a pay-per-view uh, Saturday, yesterday. Uh, sacrifice, right? Yes, right. Sacrifice. Um, from what I've read and what I've seen, it was a pretty good show. Rich Swan is now the unified TNA champ or Impact champion, as he should be. Um, now I'm asking Rich is for you to show up at AEW and whoop Kenny Omega's ass because isn't Omega going to be at their next pay-per-view or something like that? Yeah, yeah. he's fighting um, Kenny Omega is going to be champion versus champion. Yeah. Um, I, the titles aren't on the line, but yeah, they'll be fighting. He needs them to get back. I thought it was title. I thought it was title versus title. It's title versus title, but they're not like on the line. Oh, okay. 
just out, just Rich win, give him the ass whooping, and while you're at it, beat Don for us too. Um, <laughs> anybody else have any or more results from Sacrifice? Because I had them written down, and now I can't. Um, Decay and Black Taurus and Crazy Steve. It was Decay with Black Taurus um, went up against Reno Scum, and Decay with Black Taurus. I mean, with Taurus, the driver won. Went up against Tennille Dashwood and Caleb with the K, and Tennille Dashwood and Caleb with the K one. James Storm and Chris Sabian went up against Violet by Design, Diener and Joe Doring with Eric Young, and the winners were Violet by Design with Rhino's help. Um, Holds Harmless was Eddie Edwards versus Brian Myers. Winner was Eddie Edwards. Knockouts Tag Team Champions. Ship was Fire and Flavor against Jordan Grace and Jazz. And unfortunately, Fire and Flavor won that match. Um, the X Division Championship, TJP went up against Ace Austin, and Ace Austin is now the new X Division Champion. Oh, thank God. <laughs> Knockouts Championship, Deanna Perrazzo went up against ODB, and Deanna Perrazzo won by a submission. World Tag Team Championship, the Good Brothers went up against Finn Juice. And Finn Juice are now the new tag team champions. And you just mentioned Rich, Rich Swan went up against Moose. And now Rich Swan becomes the unified Impact World Champion. And that was Good for Rich. Good for Rich. A lot more title changes happened than I thought I, they would. I was very surprised. Because usually on these shows, and I don't even know what to call them, but whatever. I'll like these specials shows that they do. Usually, majority of the time, almost everyone or everyone pretty much retains. Yeah. So I was very surprised that this many titles changed hands. It's interesting. Yeah. TJP dropped his title, and the, the Good Brothers dropped theirs. They weren't even tagged champions very long either which is weird for impact because they don't do they don't drop titles really like a lot he had for a while yeah i mean they usually give them long title runs but it's not like they play hot potato with the titles and every three months someone's a new champ i don't know but yay for rich so good good on impact for putting on a good show uh how's uh nxt this week was pretty good oh it was awesome <laughs> it was awesome um the show kicked off with regal making his two announcements there is going to be a takeover the weekend or the week of wrestlemania it's called takeover stand and deliver it's a two-night um, um pay-per-view the first night is gonna be what do they say on the usa network yes and the second the second night's going to be on the Peacock? Yes, correct. April so 7th and April 8th, respectively. Mm-hmm. So they're going to have um, their pay-per-view that week. I don't know. I kind of like um, NXT stuff on the, sh- on the actual show. That, every, that way, everybody can see it, you know? So I'm not sure how they're going to structure the card, um, but it's a two-night card for Stand and Deliver. And he did announce the women's tag team championships for NXT, and they gave the titles to Raquel and Dakota. But an hour later, after being the inaugural 
tag team champions, they dropped those titles to Shotzi and Ember, <laughs> which I was like, I'm here for this. <laughs> I thought that it was a good swerve because nobody expected them to win. Okay, they had just got the titles and we were all sitting here like, okay, it's going to be a good match, but they're not going to lose on the first defense. And I, we were dead ass wrong. I was like, bitch, they trying to keep us in. Okay. Yeah, I was because we were, I was like, cause she, they're going back and forth because the match, there was a decent amount of time within the match. And I was like, okay. And I was like, okay, this is good. This is good. Like I was, it was a really good match. And she Shotzi had like this amazing um she did like this spin and then she turned into this amazing bridge pin and I was like oh her shoulders are kind of I was like oh it's oh they it counted to three mm-hmm. and I just like looked and I was like is that right mm-hmm. I was like no her shoulders I was like oh my god but um just a cool little tidbit um Ember Moon is the first woman to be NXT Women's Champion and to be the NXT Women's Tag Team Champion. Um, Shotzi is also the third Filipino wrestler to win um, a championship within the company. The um, The first two are... Batista, then unfortunately TJP, and then her, and she is the second Filipino um, to win a tag team championship within the company, and she is the first Filipino woman to win a championship within the company. Hmm. That's cool. Congrats to Shotzi. Yay. Doing it for the Filipinas. I got some bomb ass food. I fucking love Filipino so much. Shout out to y'all. I'm serious. That's like literally some of the best food I've ever had in my entire life. So, side note, you can take this out of the podcast, but the match between Rich Swan and Kenny Omega is for their titles. That is awful. I'm reading their. I'm reading the Impact press release right now. Why would uh, they do that? It says in just six short weeks, one of them will. Not only unify the Impact and TNA World Championships, but also into a once-in-a-generation showdown where they'll have a chance to become the reigning champion of two of the most prestigious organizations uh, in this sport. Uh, <laughs> why, why do I have a bad feeling about this? Kenny's going to win, and it's going to be ass. Um, oh, Zuri, stop it. Ow. <sighs> Keeping it real. Because they don't Sorry. even have to do all that. Sorry. There, there better be some bullshit where it's like a double disqualification because I swear to God, if fucking Kenny Omega wins both those titles, we've said this before, if Omega gets a hold of that Impact title, Impact's fucked. Isn't he still the AAA champion? Yes. Yeah. Because yeah, they're probably collecting dust somewhere. Because on Impact, his he's PlayStation known as, at home. Yeah, because on Impact, he's known oh, as Kenny Omega, the belt collector. And I have a feeling he is going to win because if you look at the whole Impact Pavilion oh. pay per view, his logo, the Omega logo in his star, is literally like right in the middle. Trash. 
Um, if this one wins, I will be highly surprised. I'd be happy about it because then it's like, oh, we should see him. They ain't gonna double screw Rich Swan like that though, because he lost the first time up against Omega when they had that um, tag team thing, and then he's gonna lose again. The quote. I don't even want to talk about this because I'm gonna get mad. That's bullshit. Kenny Twash. Twash. Um, well what else happened on nxt so um oh the match the final okay we had well there's a bunch of stuff that happened. it was it was a it was a big show and it was a lot of setups okay so just to make it quick and clean sweet the reason why dakota and raquel got the titles number one they won the women's dusty road classic okay and janae is a big she didn't like the way they set it up because they could have did it differently. And although I agree with her, I'm I'm okay with how it went down, okay? So the way that they did it was they gave them the titles because they should have got the titles to begin with, okay? Yes. So they gave them the titles to, to first knock that out the way. And then they had to take the titles off of them so that, Raquel can go up against EO because she earned the right to go up against EO months ago. Okay. She pinned that woman in war games. And if you ask me, she should have been the number one contender right out the gate for that title. All right. She also pinned a former champion in Rhea Ripley. She'd been on a roll and it just seemed odd that they started booking her back as a tag team again, which leads me to believe, which lends to Janae's, um, credit and argument about why they didn't just go forth with the titles in the first place it leads me to believe that they were already setting up the titles to begin with so they very well could have just did it but they they chose not to which is fine so they set up Io Shirai and Raquel to Io Shirai chose her because she defended her title against Tony Storm it was a good match Tony lost and EO decided she was going in the back to choose Raquel to be her next opponent. So I more than likely, of course, at Stand and Deliver, it's going to be EO versus Raquel for the NXT Women's Championship. Um, it also helped set up Cole and Kyle O'Reilly's battle. Kyle O'Reilly returned at the end of the night while Cole was wrestling Finn Balor. Balor lost. O'Reilly attacked Balor, I mean, um, Cole. They fought. Karrion came in the ring and stared down Balor, and that whole thing closed out the show. So it set up two feuds. Cole and O'Reilly's feud is set up, and Karrion Cross and Balor's feud is set up. So now you've got all the titles defended. One rivalry is going to end at Stand and Deliver. You also have Santos Escobar and Jordan Devlin battling it out next week for that Cruiserweight Championship, which that also might lead to Stand and Deliver. You have MSK, Grizzle Young Veterans, and Brizongo fighting in the ring. So that might also lead to tag team, um, a tag team match for those titles. Um, Pete Dunn is staking his claim in NXT. He had a match with Jake Atlas. It was a good match, but it was brutal. Jake Atlas got beat down. <laughs> yeah, and it was a good setting up. So, like, um, what's it called? So, um, LA Knight's going to have his first match um, next week. Um, we're going to continue on with, like, Rich Swan and Leon Ruff's 
um, <clears throat> little little um, bout. And then what I liked about Balor and the Karrion setting up was that like you kind you didn't see anything, but you know obviously you could tell someone's behind them with the way they do the camera setup. Mm-hmm. And then he was like, you know, what took you so long? He was like, right. you know, I'm just here waiting for you. Yeah. So, and I really like the picture. I have, I'll send it, where he does like put that finger in his face or whatever. So I really like that. And also we have um, sort of an Imperium slash ring comp getting set up. Yes. Thatcher was being was trying. They were trying to recruit Thatcher back into yeah. the crew. Champa's trying is dead set against it, but I see Thatcher going back. I, yeah, I don't so, see him being a part of it. And then any anybody who's listening us who don't know, um, Ring Conf is is was basically the predecessor, or it was like the indie version of Imperium. of Imperium, and it had Timmy Thatcher. Um, Martel Bartel and Walter, and uh, it's literally any like the same thing Imperium does. Like if you love Imperium and you weren't familiar familiar with them before, you will love Ring Comp. But I love like the setup for that. Um, it sounds like um, Walter might be making his way across the pond very briefly i know he doesn't like being over here often same i would minimize <laughs> my t- time in america as well um and then also um jordan devlin is unfortunately showing up next week yeah yeah because they need to do something with that cruiserweight title because i think it's, it's dumb you have two different cruiserweight champions with that same ugly belt i prefer I mean, santos escobar but you know yeah, Whatever. hopefully um, Santos um, wins and then Jordan Devlin can, like, go back home or something or, like, disappear. Yeah, I don't know. I just don't want to look at him. Head, like, his head is uncomfortably large. Just like, what is going on? Who worked you with that head? And obviously Kylie Ray. Kylie Ray should go on a... Uh, Kylie Ray should show up. I love her. Me I love too. Kylie Ray. So they set up everything. I mean, Xylee had a match with Caden. It was it was a decent match. Xylee tried to take out Caden. They stopped that. So it it was a good show from start to finish. They did everything they were supposed to do. They set up all the new rivalries. Um, they're going to end rivalries. Either they're going to end them before Stand and Deliver or at Stand and Deliver. So everything is moving in the right direction. And it wasn't stale. It was fun to watch. It was a solid show, 100%. All right. Uh, anybody got anything else to say about any shows or anything up in the news? Yeah. Um, I didn't watch NXT UK this week. I didn't watch a Nan wrestling show at all. This I week. didn't watch SmackDown either. But I mean, they did allude to them possibly making this a triple threat at WrestleMania instead of it just being Roman and um, Edge. 
which leads me to believe <sighs> that Janae's probably going to write again because she did she did say that they were going to do this so okay I feel like if, they, if they do that it's going to be more so Roman doesn't get pinned yeah um, and I have a feeling if that's the case that maybe Daniel Bryan is going to win. Bryan is going to take the pin. You think so? Yeah. Bryan's going to take the pin. Edge isn't going to get pinned. They're going to add him to this match. And they don't necessarily want Edge to lose. They're going to make Bryan eat the pin. Which is it's kind of odd to me because it's like, okay, so this is happen- this happens in... Edge gets the title. I I just feel like I see this happening just because it's WrestleMania, and then I I don't think he's getting it. I mean, everybody doesn't seem to think he's gonna get the title. Everybody, I I mean, he's a producer on Raw. That's what um I've been told, and that's what I've been reading when I go. He's been trying to get on NXT. Yeah, produce. So I just honestly feel like if anyone is gonna get the title. That's not Roman. I just feel like it's going to be Daniel Bryan. I don't think he's getting it either. Roman's going to retain. Yeah. Is Roman is too. No- Roman is, regardless of Edge being Edge, regard Roman is too big right now. He's too big right now. There's, regardless of people of how they feel about his ca- character, or they love to hate him or hate him or whatever. Roman Reigns is at his best right now and he is really bringing eyes to the product and just like in general and he's he's just money his segments are some of the highest views consistently on Smackdown they're not taking it there's no way in hell that Fox is going to let them take that title off of them so that's what leads me to the. So that was my thing. If they were going to take the title off for Roman, I don't think it was going to go to Edge. It would have went to Brian. They're going to keep the title on Roman, obviously. So, what would be the reasoning of adding a third participant to the match? So Edge doesn't have to eat the pin. Like you tell me why you would win Royal Rumble and go all the way and do all this work to get to the final stage only for you to lose it. Because see, if they want to revisit the story, then the story can be reworked because Daniel is the one who took the pin, not Edge. So they'll have a door. They'll have a door. So if he eats the pin, what what are you going to do? Like you're going to go back to it. And the only thing that Roman's going to say is, I beat you clean. What do I have to prove? I guess I'm looking at it as like, Edge won the Royal Rumble, so he has the right to choose who he picks for WrestleMania because he earned it. We're looking at it through kayfabe. He earned it. So now I'm just like, so now you're going to insert Daniel Bryan who didn't win, but I get it's for the pin, but with like within kayfabe reasons, I'm just like, I guess. It makes sense. It's wrestling. What What do you want him to do? I get that part. It makes sense with having a third person so Edge doesn't take the pin. I'm looking at it within kayfabe of Edge won the Royal Rumble, so he gets the match. Why are they putting in within kayfabe? Not because of Daniel Bryan having to take the pin. Why okay. does Daniel Bryan? 
Well, let's look at the kayfabe story. Um, I'll ask you a question and just answer it honestly. Are you truly yeah. interested in Edge and Roman's feud? Absolutely not. I'm interested in That's Roman. the point. Because, see, when you really look at Edge and Roman's feud, there's nothing for them to fight about. Right? When you yeah. really look at it, you really look at it, you're like, okay, Edge has nothing to prove. If anything, Roman has to get to where he is right and he's slowly itching inching there because there was a point where nobody really believed that edge could be that ultimate heel either and he came in and anchored smackdown for years okay so when mm -hmm. you look at both men and you're looking at the few that they have from start to finish it's not as interesting as it could be i don't think that's really anybody's fault but it's not as interesting as it could be but daniel bryan is a spark that can add fuel to the fire. That's why he's added to the match. Because Daniel and Edge, they play off of each other very well. And Daniel has the ability to be able to, he's a chameleon. He adapts into the situation easier than someone like Roman does. Roman is, it's the opposite. Whoever goes up against him has to fit into his narrative, not the other way around. So when you add in someone like Daniel, who can kind of antagonize both sides, it makes you interested in what you're watching. Because honestly, you watching Roman and Edge fight, of course, it's a good guy who's coming in and Edge plays the anti-hero role very well. You're like, all right, cool. Roman's spewing the same rhetoric he's been spewing since he brought his ass back. So at this point, you're just like, okay, we know you're the guy, you're the draw, and just trying to take your spot. What else is new? You add in Daniel Bryan and the fact that he's got this chip on his shoulder, it does make you interested. And you are aware that the, this is a cycle between the three of these guys. Two of these guys are on their way out and one of them is still building his legacy. That creates a story. Without him, there's not a lot of interest in that match. You add Daniel Bryan to that match, you damn well believe a lot of people are gonna watch that match. Because there are a lot of people who like Daniel Bryan over both Edge and Roman. We'll see what happens. That then that makes me think of something else, but then that's just gonna turn into another long thing that I don't want to get into. <laughs> um, Jim Cornette has decided to crawl out from under his rock again. And um hang on, let me pull up here because I want to make sure I want to make sure that I get verbatim what he said. Because apparently he's been on a, uh, a blocking spree the last couple days. So hold up. Let me find it here. Where did, where did it go? Is it in the main? Okay. So recently on his little, his little podcast, um, well, it's, it's well known Cornette is not a big fan of AEW. But um, this is what he said about uh, Miro, Kip Sabian, and Penelope Ford. And I quote, he is being allowed, he's being allowed to be himself and he is completely, uh, uh, excuse me, Jim, I, let me start over because again, I don't want to get your quote wrong. 
he's being allowed to be himself and he is obviously a complete effing goof. He has no idea how to get over. No idea for a little while before in the other company. He does this stupid shit and obviously is enjoying himself doing it. He was paired with a kid that looks like he's in a middle he's in middle school and his slutty girlfriend. To have a feud with a guy that sticks his hands in his pockets and another guy that looks like he cuts his hair with a pistol sharpener. Job guy. He's talent all the way and he has embraced this. Now, I think Cornette does He's just a troll. We've said this before. But Miro, as much shit as we were just talking about him, basically shot back at Jim Cornette. And he quote tweeted someone who put, and this is about Penelope, what Jim Cornette has said about her. He calls her a Penelope pit stop, not a slut. And more than likely, at the Jim Cornette lives in a nicer home than you. You aren't just trying to poorly bash some random. Jim has spent 40 years in the industry, cosplayers, blah, blah, blah. So this was Miro's response. I hope you never have a daughter that a perverted old man will call her a slut. Answer me, you mark, at Jim Cornette. People like at Jim Cornette bring down not only pro wrestling, but young women and men who get abused and called and name called for 40 views on YouTube. I don't like Jim Cornette. I think he is a cancer on the wrestling industry. Him and him and Russo, as much as they go back and forth, they are basically the same fucking person. As much as he doesn't want to admit it. He is the same fucking person like uh, Vince Russo. I think and the, I think the only reason that he calls Penelope for he calls her look bloody, he calls her all this name is because he knows deep down any woman who looks like Penelope would never give him the time of day. Ever. Kip Sabian has more talent in his pinky finger than Jim Cornette has in his entire body. And at this point, any anything he says about anybody, he's just for attention. Uh, I've said it before, I hope your house burns down and I hope all that wrestling memorabilia you have in your house, you lose it. One of these days, somebody's going to run up on him. Yep. And also, he doesn't he rent out his wife to gangbang wrestlers? Yep. And watch. Mm -hmm. He likes to watch. Or allegedly, that's what they say. Or allegedly, allegedly over their head. That's what they say. Like, if you want up in this promotion, or you want me to like do this for you, bang my watch, bang my watch, bang my wife, so I can watch. (laughs) It's interesting because I don't necessarily agree with his assessment of Miro, but he didn't have to drag Penelope and Kip Sabian into it. First of all, the way Penelope dresses doesn't qualify her to be a slut. And I find it very odd that every time a woman is involved anywhere, that somehow she has to be a whore in order to be relevant in any space. 
I don't write off understand that because it's more likely that that man fucked to get there than she did. So I, I'm, I'm very confused as to why that is always the go-to narrative. As far as Kip Sabian in, is concerned, I, he didn't have to disrespect him either. There was nothing about, I, I don't, it's baffling to me because there's nothing about what Kip and Penelope have done that really has stood out as bad. Honestly, they haven't done anything. They operate as a heel couple. That's what they're supposed to do. They do their job. There's nothing about Penelope that says she's a slut. He was wrong for that shit. And he really needs to just fall the fuck back. You want to analyze Miro and say he's a goof, which I agree with? Fine. But you don't have to attack Penelope personally on that level because she didn't do anything to you, first of all. And there's nothing wrong with Kip Sabian wrestling or how he presents himself he's a smaller guy but everybody's not going to be a massive ass person we're not all going to look like fucking chris masters okay some people are going to come in and actually have wrestling capability just just gonna throw that out there so if you have an issue with miro stick to miro and leave everybody else out of it because you made your you even your point got lost because of what you said about Penelope. Where? First off, if I had the same body that Penelope Ford be wearing, what or Penelope Ford has, I'd be showing that shit off, not fucking caring what some 60-year-old no dick Viagra popping motherfucker says about me in the first place. Second of all, where does she dress remotely slutty? Anytime I see her on TV, she is dressed nice. Because she wears tight dresses and short skirts that automatically makes her a slut? Like, come the fuck on. No, we ain't doing that. You just mad because your dick don't work anymore. And women like Penelope Ford never gave you the fucking time of day. Just say it. Would you give him the time of day? I wouldn't give Jim Cornette the time of day if I was a desperate 70-year-old widow who was trying to get off. He looked like one of them gremlins that got wet. He looked like he turned. It's just not attractive. Matter of fact, he looked like a smart one. Y'all remember the smart gremlin? The one he talked. <laughs> he used to wear glasses and shit. What's <laughs> this sounds really bad. I'm sorry. The only one that talked. Jim Cornette looks like he has looks like he has onset graves grave syndrome, where your eyes look like they're constantly popping out of your head. Oh Jesus! Like. He's just, he's a horrible person. And we've, we've talked about, you know, the old school wrestling boys still fucking gatekeeping. He is one of them. You can't gatekeep when you no longer have the keys to the kingdom. I don't know. I hope, well, I think we're probably going to get blocked by him after I send this tweet. Let's see. <laughs> Hi, Jim. Hi. You want to gatekeep when you're no longer a part of the kingdom. You're on the outside looking in, bro. Like, he's no gatekeeper. I'm not going to give him any power over that domain. They would court. He he does. He says shit for shock value. And he, and again, I'm very critical of AEW because I want them to do better and I want them to succeed succeed because I know they can. When Jim Cornette opens his mouth, he does it for shock value because you know that's what's going to bring the eyes on the product. And he can't get over the 80s wrestling standard. Like, that's so... 
I just sent my tweet. I just will send it in the chat. I don't know. Let's let's see. Rock and roll. I should have added him. That's ever the face of the earth. I mean, you can always. Nicole is the best. I love her. Well, he also blocked this wrestler. His name is Gentleman Jervis. I've seen him a couple things of him on YouTube. Um, if you guys seen him, he's very uh, he's very uh, different and unique when it comes to his look. And he he's considered a comedy wrestler, but he can still wrestle. And it looks like Cornette blocked him because Cornette apparently he's the kind of person like you can't have fun in pro wrestling anymore ever because fun is bad. And uh, he sent out this tweet saying, when it comes to Jim Cornette, don't bother trying to drive out that hate with more hate. Just ignore the fellow or just be a comedy wrestler and he might preemptively block you. Oh, he got preemptively blocked? That's messed up. It's just like, dude, like, let us have fun in wrestling. We got enough shit going on in the world. Can I just be entertained for a while? I'm just saying, Nicole? I mean, I, I don't agree with what he said about Kip and Penelope, but he was right about Miro. I'm sorry. And, you know, we were just shitting on Miro, but, like, good on Miro for, like, coming back and just, like, basically... Not condoning sexism within, because Jim Fernet also thinks that he's, like, playing a character anymore. And, yes, like, people in, like, in the good old days, probably, they wouldn't, like like really fight personalities like him nowadays like they don't care especially these indies wrestlers like they don't give a fuck they'll fight you <laughs> if there's in any indie wrestlers out there if you punch jim Cornette out for me i will be your biggest fan <laughs> like i will like my twitter my solo tw- twitter page will become like a fan page for you you'll be all over my instagram like you will be my favorite wrestler Till the world ends. Like honestly, <laughs> I just I I don't get it. It's just, and I know we're we're giving him more attention than he deserves. But like you, he really didn't have to say that about Penelope. And it's just like anybody who's been in contact with Penelope before just say she's like this person. She's you know she takes good care of herself. She you know she looks amazing. I mean. Who here wouldn't want to look like Penelope Ford right now with that body? And you know what? She's getting dick every night from Kip. So, I mean, Kip Sabian is not a bad looking guy. For I just, ugh, I can't stand Jim Cornette. What is it like to be in a relationship and be able to get consistent dick? What? Nothing. Ma'am. What'd you say? Ma'am. COVID, COVID, COVID. Fuck her. She said, What's it like to be in a relationship? I didn't need you. Look, Tim. Thank you. Ma'am, ma'am, ma'am. Girl, it's it. Ma'am, I'm going to need you to focus on the podcast. It's like, it's, it's, you get your period and you can't. That's what it's like. You, that's, that's what it's like. I think we need to focus on the podcast. Or there's children in the house and they in your business. That's what it's like. Nah, come on. 
but uh yeah so fuck james Cor- uh, jim Cornette, whatever maybe we get blocked hey, if he blocks us does that automatically make us more famous well if nicole had attacked him he might he might have blocked him. oh no someone will probably snitch, snitch tag him they're usually pretty good about that. I think and I'm 100% he probably vanity searches as well, so. That's what I was about to say. I really think this dude vanity searches. Because, like, people were like, I've seen on Twitter, they're like, I got blocked by Jim, Jim Cornette. I didn't even at him. How the fuck did I get blocked by him? <laughs> he just blocked, he just blocked anybody, I guess. I'm still I'm still pretty pissed about what he said about Brian Zane. So like he's just a piece of shit. I generally forget what he says, so <laughs> I ain't gonna let nobody live rent free in my head that look like that. Uh-uh. But I, I agree with Nicole, like Alvarez and who's another one? Uh Meltzer. Like as much as like a lot of i mean you still see it unfortunately like <coughs> bucks um did i say that out loud um <laughs> you see a lot of wrestlers like some of these the bigger indie guys they really do kiss his ass a lot and that's what gives him the ego that he has yeah but it's like i want to see wardlow knock him out i think that would be funny as shit No, I would I would see Penelope Ford knock him out. That's what I want to see. What do I know? We don't know anything according to Jim Cornette because we're women in the wrestling industry. Oh fuck him. Shit. <laughs> Fucking gremlin. Throw some water on him. Throw some water on him. Don't they look, don't they bubble up? The first time the little furry thing, the little bubble, the little furs come off, right? And then the I second think- time they bubble up, right? And turn into liquid. Yeah. Uh, I think no. If they get wet, that's what produces them, right? Yeah, but what happens if they get wet a second time though? After they become a gremlin, it makes them reproduce more. I haven't watched Gremlin in a hot. Yeah, I don't know. Why are so they, they were melting? You're not supposed to feed them after midnight. That much, I, you're not supposed to get them wet, and you're not supposed to feed them after midnight. Yeah. And maybe Jim Cornette was eating at midnight. Maybe that kind of messed him up. <laughs> <laughs> you know, maybe he had a little water and that was like, oh, you know, that didn't sit too well with me. Maybe he started talking shit on his podcast and, you know. No, it's not, it's not water with Jim Cornette. It's just gravy. Oh, God. <laughs> the nigga just eat gravy. Disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> And on that note, I think we're done for the night, folks. That's <laughs> <laughs> a mess. <laughs> God. Uh, so, anybody have any parting words before we leave for the night? Yeah, bye. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Wear your fucking mask. Bye. We'll talk to y'all later. Or not. <laughs> <laughs>